the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie and Benno. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the British Wrestling Experience on postwrestling.com. I'm your host Martin Bushby and joining me is Richard Benson. Ollie is off enjoying himself in Japan and originally friend of the show Will Cooling was supposed to be joining us but he's uh, been struck down by this flu bug that seems to be taking over the UK so all the best to Will and uh, we hope he has a speedy recovery and it seems uh, the flu bug struck you as well Benno. Yeah, I'm trying to fight through. I was so excited to talk about NXT UK that I just couldn't miss it. Um, I think I'm in the early stages. I think Will's where Will are truly suffering there. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm feeling it. Maybe I went too heavy over Christmas. You see too many people. It's always easy to to get sick in this period, isn't it? But yeah, I'm gonna tr- gonna try and soldier on uh, and see how I do. Uh, but yeah, apologies if I don't come across as uh, as loose. Not that I come up across lucid anyway, but uh, less lucid than uh, the doll. Well, I mean, yeah, I've managed to uh, avoid it, fingers crossed, so far, so hopefully that continues. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned Christmas there, obviously it's a new year, 2019. I mean, how was your Christmas as a whole? It's like, say, going out with a lot of people, shaking a lot of hands, yeah. Yeah, good stuff, really, like lots of, a couple of parties, uh... Went to the races with my dad and my brother, which is like a, a Christmas tradition we always do. Didn't have any winners, but it was a lot of fun. But yeah, mainly just uh, watched, watched a lot of films at home. I've got like a, a list of films I always try and get through, the likes of Elf and Planes, Trains and Automobiles, which isn't a Christmas movie, but we don't celebrate Thanksgiving over here. So it's yeah. always the time of year that I try and watch it. But yeah, basically ate, ate lots, drank lots. Haven't even took my tree down yet. That's probably really bad luck. But again, <laughs> my excuse is that I'm sick. Um, but yeah maybe partied a bit too hard and maybe yeah um when i rang in work sick maybe they didn't believe me that i wasn't too well uh probably because of that uh, it's, it's that time of the year where everyone in work is, is calling in at the moment like oh our office isn't in um but that's it isn't it like you say it's christmas time you see so many people everybody gets uh, gets struck down with uh, one thing or another yeah, definitely. My Christmas was like pretty much similar to yours. Uh, a lot of my friends sort of like live in various parts of the world and the country and everyone sort of comes back at Christmas. So you constantly have to put this uh, massive schedule together about when you can meet and who you can meet <laughs> yeah. and when. So uh, yeah, always okay. a good time though and uh, always goes too quickly. But I mean, mm-hmm. um, moving away from Christmas and on to... Uh, Massive news uh, happened uh, since we last recorded the show, uh, All Elite Wrestling. I mean, um, not really much of a British interest so far, but it was real yesterday that Pac has uh, seemingly signed with them, turning up as everyone was suiting and booting, and he turned up in his gear. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it looked like, I see a couple people comment, it looked like he'd literally left the Rev Pro show, got on the plane in his gear and just landed and just yeah, carried on wearing just his gear. It's straight wrestling's such a weird thing, isn't it? That like, <laughs> imagine that at a boxing press conference or a, a UFC press conference, someone turning up fully suited and booted for a match, uh, not suited and booted in the way Jericho was. Uh, just su- such an odd thing, isn't it? Uh, I heard John and Way talking about it, and John was saying, you know, he hates when uh, wrestlers kind of go into kayfabe mode in a in at press conferences, and yeah, I think Pac was taking that to the to the nth degree, and uh, yeah, just very much being full on in gimmick, um, literally down to the trunks. Uh, but yeah, what what a get for uh, for all elite uh, summer, and I didn't expect Pac to be signing any kind of contract. I know that was something. If, if Will was on the show, he wanted to talk about whether I don't know what your thoughts on that. Do you think he's signed a a full time deal with them? Do you think he's just going to be doing one offs like he has with everywhere else? Uh, definitely yeah, I can't see him being in, in a rush to uh, sign another contract, obviously, because it took him so long to get out of that WWE <laughs> one. So I yeah. think, yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, maybe further down the line, but I think he'd probably do in a sort of like one one show and see how it goes sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think I could see it being something like that, maybe a bit more like loose where he works. He turned up with the the Dragon Gate belt as well, didn't he? Which was a, obviously an indication he's going to continue to work there, which is interesting with all elite having that uh connection with with shima and and his group over in china and uh, but continuing presumably a relationship there but also having yeah, the, the the big guy in dragon gate pack um so yeah but it's going to be politically interesting if anything else well yeah you mentioned the politics of it there i mean does a i mean if the relationship with new japan pans out for all elite can you see them having a relationship with say red pro over in the uk um i think that would be the obvious next step but 
it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because Rev Pro, you would have imagined, would have a, a more concrete relationship with Ring of Honor, and that never really happened, did it? Um, Ring of Honor even, you know, run your call a couple of days before Rev Pro at the tail end of last year. That never seemed to be a relationship that happened. But yeah, that's something. You know, when they did those, that, that was it. War of the World show when they uh, in Liverpool at the Olympia when they had CMLL involvement as well. Yeah, that kind of group you would have expected to do more stuff together. So I think it's obviously a big question whether, yeah, New Japan and, and All Elite even have a relationship. I would suspect maybe after the big Madison Square Garden show uh, with Ring of Honor, that'll be the end of their relationship there. And maybe they'll move over to an elite relationship. But, you know, maybe New Japan could stay stay loyal to Ring of Honor, uh, which would probably rule out Rev Pro having any real relationship with All Elite either. But, yeah, this kind of this politics of who's wearing with who, is going to be such a big story going forward this year. But yeah, it'd certainly benefit all parties if it could happen. And if, yeah, Red Pro could get their hands on, on some of that talent that's been signed up by All Elite and, and maybe yeah, use them a bit more prominently than they, they did the Ring of Honor guys the last couple of years, it could certainly be uh, something different that Red Pro can offer compared to some of the other indies over here. Could you see them having any interest in doing a big sort of all-in type show over in the UK either this year or next year? Uh, probably not uh, so soon. I could see it happening long term. Um, I know Cody kept pretending that Dublin was in the running for the original All In. I don't think right. that was ever that was ever serious, was it? Um, but yeah, I think there's you know there's a big big European fan base. You're tired in with something like that. You're tired in with a with a Rev Pro. I think it's it's an option. Um, but to me, probably yeah, they're they're going to be focusing on if they can get a TV in the US, kind of building themselves up there, and then maybe looking to uh, take over the world, as it were. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what they do. Obviously, they'll have to sort everything out at home first, but it will be interesting to see where they go internationally. So you would have thought that Britain is going to be on their radar, so I guess we're mm. going to have to wait and see on that one. But uh, moving moving away from uh, All Elite and uh, on to Progress, and they held their final show of 2018 on the 30th of December, uh, Chapter 82, Unboxing Live 3, uh, a Dukla Praga Wake It. I mean, uh, I had to research into this name, and it seems that uh, Dukla Praga were a football team in the former Czechoslovakia, and the uh, name of that club was used in the song All I Want for Christmas is a Dukla Praga Wake It by the rock band <laughs> Half Man Half Biscuit. So uh, there you go for people who are wondering where that name came from. But uh, yeah, anyway, I mean. This is a Progress's third unboxing show. Uh, it's essentially a surprise show. You, every match, uh, you don't know who's announced or who's going to be in each match as it comes. And uh, I mean, last year's second one saw WWE's Jack Gallagher coming to face uh, Pete Dunne. TK Cooper made his comeback to the company. I mean, how times have changed. Um, <laughs> but moving into this one, I mean, uh, we'll go straight into the main event. And Jim Smallman noted in his intro that uh, we'd be saying our goodbyes to, to the two folks in the main event as we saw a rematch of one of the best matches of uh, 2017. It was Pete Dunne facing off against Tyler Bay. And, and it's funny because this match opened with a gift that's been going around for the past week as uh, Pete was on top of Tyler and Tyler powered up and stood up with Pete still on top of him. And, uh, I mean, the rest of the match for me was okay. I mean, it wasn't a patch on their uh, NXT TakeOver encounter or any other match that they've had. And, and I don't know if it was an announcement that Smallman made about them leaving, but the crowd seemed pretty dead for this one. And, and Pete picked up the win, uh, forcing Tyler to submit. And out came Trent Seven, and they sort of waved goodbye to the crowd. So uh, I suppose the most notable thing about this here, Benno, is a British Strong Sale maybe done with progress. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm still hanging my head in shame for believing the rumours, mate. I can't believe it because it, it's happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah, after all that talk of uh, British Strong Style uh, denying, uh, what was quite obviously, plainly obvious was was probably coming. Um, it came and you alluded to it there. I think this match was kind of killed off a little bit by, um, by Jim Smallman saying, you know, time to say goodbye to someone else and then go and call, I know it's unboxing, but then go and call to Tyler Bates' entrance. Just kind of a weird line to, mm. to say call and then expect people to to lose their minds for Taylor. It just it showed how, how little we all kind of, as much as, you know, as much as there's, there's lots of rumour about, as far as actual concrete information, it kind of shows how much progress probably knew going in. Um, this for me was kind of like, if it was clearer what was happening and they could, Again, it's unboxing, so I get it, but I always feel like it'd be a more emotional moment if this was something we kind of knew that was coming. And I just yeah. think, 
yeah, part of that is, is the fact that it's an unboxing surprise show, but also part of it's the fact that yeah, they've they've not been able to say outright, you know, what's happening or even why these two men are leaving. It just made, yeah, as you alluded to, made the the match a, a little bit cold for me. It was hardly the uh, the barn burner that uh, that we got the f- first time and second time and you know previously with those two. Um, it's just, yeah, he described it as the rematch of a gener of the best match in a generation. That you know this was hardly on that level. It felt very much like yeah they were just going out there to to have a bit of fun. A lot of good technical wrestling. Tyler Squat Bridge, as you as you mentioned, there was a a big highlight of the match as well. But yeah, it, it just felt uh, I don't know, just the air in the room got taken out uh, a little bit by that that announcement at the start. And yeah, the the finish was a bit weird with the yeah, Tyler tapping to, to Pete's finger stuff. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. Um, maybe they're just trying to get that over as that could actually happen. Um, but yeah, all in all, just it didn't have. I think the air in the room got taken out, and it didn't feel as bigger matches as it, it could have if anything it was just all a bit it was a bit sad and a bit melancholy really as a as an experience from start to finish i think timing might have been an issue here because obviously if they didn't do it now then perhaps they wouldn't get chance to do it again because you think mm. they are done with the company then i think so i mean glenn joseph was stretching saying you know for now for now he kept saying that um so there is that i think like anyone as we saw with Marcel Barthel on the show, you know, the likelihood of, you can have your big progress goodbye, even with Paul Robinson as well, you can have your big progress goodbye and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be back, especially with that relationship to WWE. So similar to what we said about Fight Club Pro, really, you know, it, it's the end of a, an era in a lot of ways and the end of you seeing these guys very likely regularly on these shows but i could imagine them yeah them coming off for coming back for a big show or for a surprise at some time in the future um but yeah it's just so so kind of hard to tell what's going on especially with you know uh, trend seven coming out at the end and he's off he doesn't seem to be leaving yet which kind of muddies the waters even more um yeah it's just a, it's all a bit there's obviously something going on but actually trying to find anyone to explain to you exactly what is going on and why it is that Tyler and Peter are leaving and why it is that Trent hasn't gone yet. Um, it, it's just really difficult right now. But also, I mean, obviously, you know, hats off to the guys who work, work their asses off and fair place, they're going to be, you know, getting a lot more money and uh, more job security. But, I mean, are the... I mean, they seem to have done everything in progress anyway, especially mm. like Pete and Tyler. I mean, are they actually going to be missed in this specific promotion that much? Yeah, that's a point. From a booking point of view, they have pretty much been spinning the wheels. They did the Tyler's big Wembley match this year that he that he lost. And I think there's, there was, if the booking had been better this year in progress and if they, you know, he hadn't had that get got pulled from super strong style um maybe i'd be saying ah there's a, there's more of a story to tell with tyler he could go back for the belt again um, maybe there's a there's a case for tyler uh for pete though yeah i think it, it, the definition of spinning his wheels it was just like every month every show they were just trying desperately to find something they could do with pete because they couldn't really put him back in the title picture anymore he's walking around with that dude the belt so he's hardly going to be able to lose to progress mid-carders anytime soon um you're a bit stuck they've been a bit stuck with pete dunn really and while he's obviously you know a man you want around because he's a draw and he's one of the biggest names in british wrestling from a creative point of view yeah i would concede there wasn't much else uh, at least that it looked like progress had any idea to do uh, going forward into 2019 yeah, and they and they kind of done those British strong style six months to death way back in oh, 2017, God, yeah. hadn't they? So I mm. mean, yeah, trying to go back to them was a uh, might have been a fool's errand. But um, I mean, this show also saw the return of Will Ospreay. I mean, he'd not been seen in progress since his match with Jimmy Havoc way back in August, and uh, reteamed with his sort of Essex tag team partner Paul Robinson, and they faced off against the Progress Tag Champs Aussie Open. I mean, cracking matches you expect from these four. I mean, crowd was well into it, and uh, Swords picked up the win in the Progress Tag Belts, which was uh, quite a surprise to me. Uh, Paul, Paul Robinson took quite the smack in the head in the opening, uh, mm. drawing a fair amount of blood. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on this match. I mean, Swords of Essex as Tag Team Champions, I mean... They've got a match coming up with CCK, uh, Chapter 83, on the 20th of January, but I can't see them holding the belts for much longer than that, but I wouldn't have thought Osprey especially. 
Yeah, because it's difficult, isn't it, to get the, the dates on Osprey? And also the complication of can they put them against mm. NXT UK talents if there is any left in 2019? We don't know who's leaving or who's staying. Uh, yeah, it feels like a short term run, um, but not the worst idea in the world, to be honest. I, I, Osprey had kind of said, hadn't he, that he didn't see himself coming back to progress because there wasn't really much else he could do. And this is something else he can do. Um, he certainly got a huge pop coming out. Uh, they had the matching swords of Essex gear on, uh, which was cool as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I hope we see more of it than I feel like we're actually going to. I think you're right. Then we get the CCK match. Maybe we get another match and maybe that's it. But still a, a cool thing to do, really. Yeah, It w- wouldn't have been something I would have considered you know, doing with Osprey. It kind of sidetracks Robinson from, you know, that lower mid-card kind of heel role that he's been filling, but he can always go back to that when this is done. Uh, yeah, so definitely something worth doing. And as you alluded to, he had a really, really strong match as well. I, I think, as you said, Robinson, just him getting caught at the back of his head was just... I couldn't even see where it happened. Was it like that weird spot in the corner where they yeah, were both getting shot in the match i think he might have clashed heads with osprey mm, innocuous wasn't it really uh, which is a shame because it did it definitely affected the match uh it definitely affected the finishing sequence it looked like osprey was having to tell robinson where to be what didn't it at, at points and yeah. literally tell him to to make the cover which was kind of sad when he did eventually make the cover kind of with his two hands not really sure what he was supposed to be doing um it really looked like he probably shouldn't have been in there at that point. Um, and that's really not something that you want to see um, on shows, uh, on modern shows at the end of 2018, going into 2019. <laughs> um, maybe he should have been taken out of the match. I don't know if that was a, ever a consideration. But what they did do, I did enjoy. Um, I, the crazy dives from Osprey and Robinson, they've got great chemistry and time, and it was good seeing them bring back to some of their Swords of Essex spots, like the, the crazy one where Robinson goes up on Osprey's shoulders and hits a splash off and getting caught by... Uh, Getting caught there and with the the cutter, wasn't it, from uh, from Kyle Fletcher? Um, yeah. It was a great counter to that spot as well. I thought the teams really worked together well, but yeah, I, I can't. It was hard to to say, oh yeah, this was an, an incredible match when there was that real life element of mm-hmm. Robinson kind of slowing down towards the end of the match and looking like for the last five minutes, certainly he didn't really belong in there as as good as the work was from him and Osprey and as good as some of the, the double teams was from the uh, the Aussies. Yeah, I suppose the, also the issue is you can imagine someone like Robinson not being happy with being pulled out of a match, but I suppose sometimes you've got to, uh, you know, say people from themselves, haven't you? So, yeah, like you say, it's, uh, I suppose it's a hard decision to make, isn't it, really? But, yeah, I mean, yeah, other than, outside of that, yeah, I thought this was the highlight of the card, uh, definitely, just for all the things you've just noted then. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens on the 20th of January now. Another uh, special guest on the show was uh, Axel Dieter Jr. Now, Marcel Barthel made his return to progress here in a match against Eddie Dennis. I mean, the match wasn't really much to write home about, but uh, I mean, Barthel got quite the reception return to the Electric Ballroom here. Yeah, I like the way they did it with the ring camp music. Um, obviously, it was Walter working Defiant somewhere like that. I think he was elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I know live people kind of was expecting him to come out, and obviously he didn't because he was working elsewhere. A, a nice little moment to do. Um, but again, it, like I said before, it kind of brought my memories of, you know, when he had his really uh, heartfelt goodbye um, at the end of uh, that same progress chapter where Paul Robinson um, allegedly had left to. And now he's back. Uh, I'm not complaining too much because it makes sense to use him, doesn't it? Like, he's been the, the missing man in, uh, in NXT for so long. If I was running it, then I'd probably do this too. Get him some work in progress. Get him some work in Evolve. Use him in NXT UK as they as they have been doing. Um, but yeah, maybe a bit bittersweet compared to what we all expected uh, the former Axel Dieter Jr. to be mm-hmm. ending up doing at this point. But yeah, he, he looked good. It was a very slow kind of technical match. Um, he was there to do the job for Eddie Dennis, which was, I was glad of. Obviously, Eddie Dennis having, at this point, much higher standing in in progress than him um so yeah makes sense to use him good for for all parties really and yeah maybe we'll we'll probably as uh, we're seeing in evolve over in the united states using a lot of nxt guys who aren't getting used elsewhere i think we're going to see that probably uh, in progress going into next year with the likes of uh, marcel barthel and um jordan grace who only debuted for progress uh, a few months ago beat Ginny for the progress women's belt i mean uh I mean, this, this was a, a great move in my book. I mean, the women's division hasn't been great in progress in 2018. And uh, I'd, li- I'd like to see Jordan Grace as a sort of a fighting champion, kind of what they're doing with the Atlas division. 
you know, bringing in all comers and uh, and just being sort of like um, just doing these surprise challenges. I think it would certainly be a lot more interesting than what they have been doing in the uh, women's division in progress. And Ginny, I mean, obviously an NXT UK contract to talent. I mean, do you think she's done with progress uh, for the time being? Feels like it does, just because it was, you know, obviously what we know about uh, or don't know about Pete and and, uh, and Tyler. Yeah, it seems likely that she's going to be gone as well. Um, Jordan's as good a person as anybody, though. I think the Progress Women's Division needs freshening up so, so desperately. We kind of talked about that on our best of show, didn't we? Just how how bad a lot of it is, how the, the, the multi-women stable stuff that's there was, you know, partially part of this match as well, kind of constantly going on in the background and being the only thing that Progress seemed to, to know how to book in, in a women's division, aside from constantly going back to Ginny and Tony Storm. I think if you're going to have some kind of hope for the Progress women's division, I think she's the person to pin your hopes mm-hmm. on. And yeah, again, it, it's a bit of a shame that almost you feel like they have to go back to to doing, you know, booking like they do with the Atlas belt, because as with the Atlas belt, they, maybe they haven't got the, a great idea of what else they can do. But yeah, it's better than what's been happening. So yeah, if it happens, I won't complain too much. Um, and yeah, she's a, she's a good person to do that with. Interesting that she's a impact contacted talent yeah. and she was able to, to beat Ginny. Uh, I don't know if that would complicate things going forward. Obviously, it didn't here, so so maybe it won't. Um, but yeah, if I was booking things again, I think she's the, she's the right person to go with. Um, she's somebody that you can rely on to to give strong performances and strong matches. She's a, a strong character, both in the ring and online as well. If anyone follows her on Twitter, um, she's got a lot of charisma there. And yeah, you might get the the added bonus of seeing maybe Jonathan Gresham a bit more in progress next year too. Uh, if the both of them come over together, so yeah, uh, I think it's a it's a good move all in all, and hopefully could wash away some of the bad taste of the Progress Women's Division. But again, uh, some of the interference that happened in this match maybe maybe dealt that a little bit. And obviously, Ginny's got uh, Laura Di Matteo cornering her um, again, like she used to um, a couple of years ago. And uh, Laura Di Matteo has been someone who's been sort of like, sort of like always on the verge, but never quite getting there. Do you think she will get there? I mean, she's not had the best of matches, really, has she? No, I, I, unfortunately, with her, I just don't see it. Um, I think she had the chances of babyface when she was trying to do the. MMA stuff that it felt like every other mm. female wrestler was doing uh, last year, and she was one of the worst at it. She was completely, for me, unconvincing in the role. Um, back to what worked before in in backing up Ginny, maybe being in a, in a obviously a stronger role now than she used to be as the as Ginny's servant. Um, you could see her stepping in and wanting to step into that Ginny role, but for me, she's not really shown anything that would show that yeah. give me any confidence that she'd be able to even reach. You know, I was never big on Ginny in ring either, but you know, reach the levels of what Ginny has been doing these last couple of years. Uh, I don't see it with her personally, but open to being proven wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm in complete agreement there. And um, also, there's a six-way match. Uh, Chris Ridgeray, Mark Haskins, Shigeru, Erie, Spike Trevay, and Travis Banks. And then uh, someone making the debut for Progress, uh, a Brit rest legend, if you will, Jody Fleisch. I mean, it's amazing that he's gone this far and he's not appeared for Progress before. Yeah, it is, to be honest, because he still looks good, doesn't he? He's got oh, the... Yeah. He's in incredible shape. He, it was I was so sad the Phoenix DDT went so badly. He was trying to off off, off the springboard. It kind of turned into an arm drag. Uh, that was a that was a real shame. That seven twenty he goes for. Uh, so he didn't get to hit his biggest spot. Uh, but yeah, he's he's someone who's he's still you know he's younger than people think. He's still in his thirties. I would, if I was Progress again, be looking to use him in the future. I can see the thinking putting him in a multi-man match like this, get it, let him hit his big spots and let him shine that way. It, it maybe didn't work in execution as as well as I would have thought the idea was. But yeah, same as you, Martin. I'm a huge Jody Fleisch fan and Johnny Storm. Uh, I'd be open to to Progress bringing him in too. So yeah, I was definitely definitely happy when I, I saw his name on the bill. I mean, if they faced Aussie Open. It'd be interesting to see um, those uh, four having a match. Yeah, that would be an idea. You could, you could go, go with doing that and you know mix it up with, with CCK again and mix it up with, you know, they had a great match with LAX at those uh, Impact Manchester tapings, if Progress can get LAX back. Yeah, there's plenty you could do in the tag division with those two. I think there's a... There's there's lots of mileage there and lots of lots of great matches that you could do and if yeah if that if that Manchester uh, Impact tape and I was at live was anything to go by they can certainly deliver uh, on the level with uh, with the more modern stars. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. I think they could, can do it in the sleep. I mean, they've been doing it for so long now, haven't they? <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. And, um, I mean, for me, this was really a card about the return of Osprey to progress, uh, the tag titles changing hands, women's title changing hands, the departure of British Strong Style. I mean, nothing else really uh, struck out for me here, Benno. No, I mean, I had people raving a lot about the Trent Seven and Santos match. Um, it was fun. Uh, I think it was one of those. If I was in the build, then I'd probably be in, yeah, you know, laughing as loud as everyone in the build. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I think comedy always works best like that, doesn't it? Uh, some of it was funny, you know, the gun stuff with the crowd ducking and Trent playing dead. Um, Santos is is very entertaining, and Trent's one of the, the better comedy wrestlers going. So, yeah, I can see what people loved about it, even if maybe on tape I didn't love it as much as some of the live reports I, I saw coming in. But, yeah, it was, as an unboxing show, it was not up there with the great ones i wouldn't say um it just i think part of the problem is you know as we've kind of said before you know it's a it's supposed to be you know a big surprise when people's music hits and it's not really a great yeah. surprise is it when you don't recognize any of the music we all heard your rant about that on our uh, best of show for 2018 <laughs> it just doesn't work does it in this this no, mod scenario like when um, Do Not Resuscitate came out, I, I was making some food and my Amazon Echo alarm was going off. And I genuinely didn't realize my alarm was going off because I just thought it was part of the theme. That's how bad that song is. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's just none of them it's wrong, are, isn't are they? No. <laughs> no, that's it. So yeah, it wasn't to me up there on the, the level of the, the more the, the classic unboxing shows that we've had. It didn't make me think, oh God, got to be there next year. Yeah. I mean, um, as noted earlier, me and Progress are back in Camden on the 20th of January, Chapter 83, Remove Child Before Ironing, and uh, a few matches announced for this one so far. I see Swords of Essex against CCK, as mentioned earlier, Chris Ridgway against uh, Shigeru Erie, and uh, Ilya Dragunov against Tim Thatcher, which should be a, a barn burner. And I mean, most talk about this hasn't been about the card, it's been about the changing date. I mean, originally supposed to be on the 27th of January. I mean, uh, this hasn't really gone down well with some fans who were understandably annoyed about having booked travel and hotels for the original date because it was only, only changed a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it, Benno? Yeah, that's it, especially if you, you're coming you know, with the WXW weekender in mind because WXW have kept that original date. Um, not great, really. Yeah, I don't think they're just going to see a lot of that this year. Um I appreciate that they've been somewhat honest about it and come out and said, well, we've got, and they talked about their non-progress commitments, you know, meaning WWE and the, the reason they had to move her and they wanted to make sure they had the the date or the venue lined up or, or whatever. But that's, that is cold comfort, especially if you're fan, a fan traveling from abroad, which, you know, as you'll see in Jim Smallman's intros, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you're a fan traveling from elsewhere, elsewhere who's already booked a non-refundable. Um, it's it's not quite UFC moving from Las Vegas to California, yeah. but <laughs> it's still, you know, it's a, it's a big inconvenience and it's going to cost some fans in the pocket. And yeah, I just, <laughs> maybe a sign of that is that, you know, it, it hasn't, it, this new date hasn't sold out. Um, are people going to trust progress going forward? I wouldn't. I, w- I wouldn't be booking any kind of accommodation or travel yeah. until a couple of weeks before um, if I was going to be looking to go to a progress show. But yeah, I think it's, uh, they, they, they've actually put a calendar out, haven't they, with all these dates on, and right. I probably wouldn't have. If I was them, I wouldn't have done that because a lot of them feel like they're going to change. Uh, and it does feel like this year, especially with, no Manchester dates booked in the first half of the year and them saying quarterly they're going to have a little look and see when they've got some spare time and see when they can do shows outside the Camden and then obviously last minute see what wrestlers they could even scramble together for those dates and venues that they can find that yeah WWE as we've said on this podcast a lot of times has has become a a big priority for the for the three owners and it's going to continue to affect uh, progress plans going forward like that. I mean, obviously, we've talked ad nauseum about NXT UK affecting British promotions and the rumours of contractor talent not being able to work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but, I mean, you know, when all that news did come out and it was all rumour and speculation, but it all seems to be coming to pass, doesn't it? It does, yeah, that's it. Uh, at least, the you know, our suspicions are, are seemingly coming true, like you say, with the likes of Pete and Tyler disappearing, with the, you know, the... Even down to you know the progress owners having on their, their Twitter profiles now that they they work for NXT UK, even that was like an open secret a few months ago. Mm. We still don't know that. I think the problem is that we put these things together ourselves, and you know we're talking about well, I don't think Genie's going to be in progress next year, or I think they're going to need to replenish the tag division, or I think that Osprey and Robinson won't be able to beat 
NXT UK contracted talent, but it's just, just all we're pulling it out of the wind, aren't we? Really, because based on the reports that that we're hearing, um, and you can, you know, based on wrestlers getting pulled, the likes of you know Jordan Devlin, who was uh, scheduled for a show this in January, wasn't he? Um, getting pulled for NXT UK commitments, uh, you can kind of put it together yourself. Uh, what's happening? Um, and yeah, pretty much as, as much as uh, the rumors were were poo pooed by the wrestlers and never quite uh, fully corrected uh, a lot of the rumors do seem to be coming to pass yeah i mean i mean unless you're uh, an affiliated company you're playing devil's advocate booking um any nxt uk talent on the show aren't you really mm-hmm. yeah definitely you're taking a big risk and you you better have a, a good backup plan yeah and i mean we've mentioned them loads already but moving on to uh, nxt uk and their uh, batch of tv tapings comes to an end tonight as the final tapings from liverpool are on the network as of recording the show and uh Obviously, the big NXT UK takeover is happening this coming Saturday, and uh, we're going to preview that in a minute. I mean, it was with you, Benny. I've watched most of NXT UK on the network, and uh, solid hours of TV with a decent roster, but it's not been the most exciting of uh, programming, has it, really? No, not really. Um, it's not something I'd ever imagine trying to binge the whole thing um, in getting ready for, for, for the, the massive takeover show coming up the weekend. I don't think I could do it. Two a week's hard enough. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's, you know, I went I went live to the last uh, lot of tapings, you know, the last couple of episodes that I've heard and the couple that are going to be on um, tonight or, or after Wednesday night as people listen to this. It's you know, they, they were as live shows. I didn't really love them. And I kind of came on the show and said, uh, it was all a bit meh for me. It was just, you know, WWE kind of token stuff, the, the types of segments you'd expect, the throwaway matches um, that just isn't really for me. As far as TV product goes, watching those same shows that I watched live back as a on the network, I would say I enjoyed the last couple of episodes a little bit more than I did in the building. Because um, it is, it's very much, it's not really a show made for the live environment it's lots of quick wwe style matches laid out to you know move on to the next episode you don't get a lot of the backstage stuff and as an edited product i didn't think you know the last episode was particularly bad that's high praise isn't it i thought it was all right (laughs) i liked it Uh, maybe it wouldn't go as strong as i liked it but i thought it was all right um yeah it's it's just not that compelling really i think it's just the overriding problem is that they've had so much in the can They've rushed out so many episodes two a week that it's it's hard for even you know people like me and you who are covering it for for British wrestling podcasts are, are struggling to to keep up to date. Never mind if you were just watching this stuff for the for the pure fun of it. Um, yeah, it's just all felt a bit unimportant. We're close to takeover now. We're a couple of days away from takeover now, and I don't feel any buzz. Like I say, the last couple of, of episodes of TV, as far as the TV product and watching it on the network, have been all right and been solid. Um, but haven't made me hugely excited. Um, I don't know if yeah the, the contract signing did it for you at all, um, and kind of got you you desperate to to see this this big show on Saturday. Uh, it just just all feels a little bit unimportant, really, and very much like the fifth or or sixth brand of WWE. Yeah, the story. I mean, we're going to go through the card now, but I mean, the stories going into them aren't the most compelling, are they? But I suppose mm-hmm. uh, as far as match quality goes, we might see some uh, decent matches. And I mean. Obviously, they're returning to Blackpool. That was the home of the first WWE UK title tournament in 2017. And uh, Winter Gardens is a cracking venue, isn't it? Steeped in wrestling history. I mean, you were there live for the uh, first uh, UK title tournament, weren't you? I was, yeah. Um, and that was that feels like a long, long time away uh, ago now. But yeah, it's a great venue, um, and it's. I think I do think that yeah, the people going there are going to be. It sold out. It was a hot ticket people are going to be excited i think the wrestlers are going to be wanting to to perform so you know as we go through the card in a minute even though it might not sound the the most appealing even if the the booking going forward hasn't been the most appealing because it's just a great venue because it's the first big um uk brand takeover not the first uk takeover but the first uk brand one i think the fans are going to be up for it the wrestlers are going to be up for it and yeah it's taking place in such a historic venue that I'm sure it's it's going to be great. Uh, it's just yeah, the at this point on the the Wednesday before, uh, I can't say I'm, I'm hugely excited. Yeah, I mean the the main title match here is uh, Joe Coffey against Pete Dunne for the uh, WWE United Kingdom Championship, and obviously Coffey's been featured quite heavily on NXT UK's uh, 
part of a faction, Gallus, with his brother Mark and also Wolfgang. And they, they've been all over TV having battles with Mustache Mountain. And then, obviously, Joe Coffey is going into this uh, match with Pete Dunne. And it seems, uh, as far as the storyline goes, that uh, Joe Coffey's just sick of Pete Dunne having the belt and he, he wants a, a, a challenge for it. And... Yeah, and obviously they had their big contract signing, WWE style, uh, the other week, where Pete Dunn got powerbomb through the table. And uh, and Beno, I mean, obviously Joe Coffey, he's, he's mainly featured in Scotland. Um, ICW has had big matches on their big shows against the likes of Kurt Angle. And then, then most recently, uh, the ICW Fear and Loathing show against his, his brother Mark. And yeah, he's, he appeared for Progress uh, a couple of years back in their Atlas division. And uh, other than that, yeah, mainly featured in ICW. So, um, but I think on, on a big stage, these two can have a decent match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, I think, I think all of the wrestlers are going to be up for it. So yeah, I, I mean, they're going to have a charitable crowd too. So I'll probably eat my words. I don't see Joe Coffey as a as a top guy. Um, not in NXT UK anyway. Um, he's just he's very adequate at being a top WWE style heel. I, as I said when I went to the the tapings, I think the the agents are probably loving every second of the the way he looks at Pete Dunne and the way you know stands in front of the camera and hits his cues he's he's very adequate at that stuff um but he just doesn't excite me i mean he's not on you don't see him on any of the nxt uk posters do you because no one's desperate to see him um the the group uh callus gallus whatever doesn't work for me uh they, they just look low rent to me as a faction uh, he was trying at the contract sign to put it over as you know the the two dons of the uh, of the two crews and yeah they both look good in the the very smart coats um, and again it was an adequate borderline well done performance of the typical WWE contract sign where as you say the the table just has to get broken and it was good use of Pete as well because I do think one thing I'd say for Joe Coffey he's a better talker than Pete Dunn and they just let Pete Dunn just have the one line about Coffey talking too much but. For me, this got to be one and done for coffee. I think this kind of it speaks to the disconnect to me to the the people who are putting together NXT UK. You know, I'm talking the agents and the people you know writing the stories for it and the people picking. Yeah, Joe Coffee should be on top. He probably ticks all their boxes. But if you put this match on on any any indie show, I think most fans would just shrug the shoulders. Maybe an ICW they'd love it, but elsewhere i don't think this would be a big match in progress if they were both in rev pro i don't think it'd be a big match in rev pro either it's hardly a big dream match that i'm that i'm desperate to see and again while the booking's been adequate and while coffee's been adequate um yeah it's not doesn't feel to me like the the match that should be headline in this first show uh if for me I, i think i probably would have slotted somebody else other than coffee in here with with pete dunn um and not gone with him um i think it's going to be one and done for him and he's he's very much going to be a, a an nxt uk mid card going forward if anything yeah i mean he's had plenty of chances hasn't he and he's certainly had big matches and obviously he's uh running progress didn't go that well so yeah i'm agreeing with you there on that and then Another big match is uh, Tony Storm against uh, Rhea Ripley for the NXT UK Women's title. Obviously, this is a rematch from uh, the title tourney final that they had um, on the tapings. I can't remember which taping was that from now. Uh, It was the one before this one, wasn't it? I don't know which area it was. Yeah, I think it was... Birmingham, maybe. Yeah, but anyway, mm. that's a rematch of that. That's uh, had a lot of TV time with uh, Tony Storm taking on the likes of Diano Perazzo as she uh, was looking to uh, have another title match. And obviously, you know, joking is here is a battle of the Aussies for this one, isn't it? Yeah, for the for the UK title. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't mind that so much. If it was me, to be honest, I'd have more US talent. I'd have more proper NXT talent on this takeover, uh, just to give it a bit more star power than it's got. Uh, I get what they're going for. Um, so yeah, that that part of it doesn't really doesn't offend me in any way. Uh, to be honest, I mean, looking at the at the TV I, again, I said that watching the last episode was stronger watching it on the network than it was in person. And that Tony Storm Diana Perazzo match was the is the main thing I'm talking about there. That was a great TV style match. Actually, sitting and watching it at home, even if I, I didn't love it live, I think we'll get a we'll get a a very good you know upper level uh, Tony Storm match. Uh, I think he is kind of uh, for me 
unproven. Um, she's not someone being honest. I've seen a huge amount of, but the amount that I've seen on on this show and that one off uh, she did for Progress, she's fine. Um, but yeah, it's not. Again, it, it doesn't terribly excite me. But again, I think it being such a big event, I think they're both gonna be up for it. Obviously, um, Tony Storm's um, been going through it a lot lately with her name in the in the headlines for for some uh, wrong and terrible reasons too. Uh, so this will be, you know, her um, reappearance since uh, since all that's happened. I think she's going to, whether that's right or wrong, have something to prove. And I think they're both going to have something to prove. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a strong match, even if, yeah, it may be on paper. It's not one that I put together. And next match is uh, Dave Mastiff against Eddie Dennis in a no DQ match. And obviously these two have had a number of matches on uh, NXT UK already. Um, seem to be brawling all over backstage and, uh, you know, really don't like each other in this story and uh we've had uh johnny saint coming out and saying that he's had enough of them so he's uh making it a no disqualification match i mean uh that was the most johnny saint said on an episode in a while wasn't <laughs> it since he made sid scalar his uh his sort of like mouthpiece yeah they only trust him to do one word at a time now don't they and even then he called it like you say a, a non-disqualification match for uh a takeover uk blackpool or however he put it just yeah, not, not, he's not great. Uh, as a match, though, this is one that doesn't excite me at all. Um, I like Eddie Dennis. When I talked about people that you might slot it into that Joe Coffee spot, I wish it was him. Probably, maybe going forward, it, it, it could be him. Uh, they could put him over Mastiff Strong here and, and give him what they would see as a big win. Uh, but I do struggle to get excited about Dave's, Dave Mastiff at, at this point, really. Uh, I'm not hugely a fan these days although i was a, a good few years back um maybe the step will help it being uh non-disqualification uh but I, my yeah my expectations aren't high i didn't think much of the brawl before the dq on the on that that last episode of the tv um and i yeah i'm not hugely expecting much from this one although yeah maybe maybe the the no dq step could help Interesting what they've done with Dave Massive. I mean, it's not dissimilar to what he has done on the British scene for a while, but they've, uh, you know, he's in that Vader style gear, isn't he? And uh, mm. they, they shake the camera when he walks out, and he's got that bomber, that bomber pseudonym now. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, not a great <laughs> deal to get your teeth into there, is there? And then uh, next match, we've got. Uh, Mustache Mountain against Zach Gibson and James Drake um, for the NXT UK Tag Team Titles, and this has uh, seen the end of a uh, another tournament. I mean, you always hear uh, Bruce Pritchard say that Vince hates tournaments, but it seems Triple H loves them because I mean they've been <laughs> all over NXT UK, haven't they? Yeah, that's it. And if you were a betting man, this was going to be the final, wasn't it? I mean, there was just there was no chance anyone else was going to be uh, in this slot. Uh, so it's a, they took a long time to get to it, but it's the right match to get to. Uh, again, a match we've seen uh, elsewhere. So, you know, not the not the shiniest of new toys, but I think all four are going to be well up for the match. And I think that, yeah, I think it, the fact that the four, well, maybe three and a bit stars. Uh, James Drake, maybe not quite on the level of, I like him as a worker, but maybe not quite on the level of, of Gibson as far as being a star goes. I think that the, they are over acts overall, both teams. So yeah, and I think the, the crowd will be, will be big into this one. And I think the, the work will be good too. I think Trent Seven's been uh, actually really good. I mean, if anyone watches him on NXT proper, when whenever him and Tyler have tag matches, he's just, I think he's got his working boots on when it's yeah. NXT proper. And it's, there's comedy, but there's also a lot of selling um, and a lot of strong work from him too. Um, so I hope we get yeah, more that side of, of Trent Seven for this match because this could be a yeah a sleeper candidate for match of the night. What do you feel about Gibson? Because obviously the second uh, second or third um, UK sort of title tournament they had, he was the star of that, wasn't he? And mm. then he just seems to have fallen into the background here. Now this is a prominent match against Mustache Mountain, but uh, you would have thought for definite after that last tournament the other year that he was going to be pushed as a single star, but now they seem to have gone to what he's been doing in uh, Progress and, um, and many mm. other promotions. Yeah, I kind of thought maybe the you know the the progress guys being behind this would think well you know what we did wrong with that Zach Gibson in progress was never pushed him properly as a singles guy. We can do that now with a a fresh slate. It felt like like you said that that's what they were were going for. I suppose what else should you do with James Drake in in that scenario? But yeah, uh, that's a bit of a, a disappointment for me because maybe they thought they couldn't go back to to Zach and Pete. But that's another for me better candidate for main event, um, especially. Um, as I've said before, with them having these Liverpool go home shows, I think the crowd would have been red hot for 
a Zach Gibson um, going into Blackpool. Um, that's, you know, also being in the northwest, not far away. You get plenty of heat as he gets absolutely everywhere. Yeah, bit of a disappointment for me, but uh, I still think uh, this will be strong. And I still think, yeah, it's all hope is not lost. Hopefully, maybe uh, they just thought, well, we don't have any other tag teams. We'll do this. Mustache Mountain, uh, come out with the belts and then you can go forward and maybe transition Zach back into the single scene. Because, yeah, I think he could be genuinely uh, the top guy here in NXT UK. And the final match is going to be, I mean, unless something insane happens, this is going to be the show stealer, isn't it? You've got Travis Banks against Jordan Devlin. I mean, the story's not been the strongest going in, you know, basically <laughs> Devlin. Devlin has been great. I mean, the best yeah. match that's happened on NXT UK so far has been Pete Dunne against Jordan Devlin from a few weeks ago. But... Obviously, he's going around saying that, you know, Banks has let his country down New Zealand by moving <laughs> over to the UK and what have you. So, not the strongest story going in, but these two, with this occasion, are going to absolutely steal the show, surely. Yeah, I think that that's just that's got to be a definite. I think Devlin, like you say, his character work is is fun. Uh, I do. I like him, even if I don't like the material. Um, mm. Yeah, but I do think, yeah, these two... We keep talking about how big an occasion it is for these wrestlers. These two, for me, are two of the best wrestlers on the card. Devlin's up there with the best wrestlers in the world, and Travis Banks isn't, you know, too far behind for me. And a lot of people would would put him up there. I think this is going to be as long as we don't get distracted by flag shenanigans and or anything like that, they don't overbook it. I think as if this is a straight match, I think this is going to be the match that you know, people are going to walk away talking about. The people who don't follow NXT UK's uh, product week to week, and I can't blame them, who tune in just for this this one big show and don't know the wrestlers, I could imagine these being the two that people walk away talking about uh, based on the evidence that we've all seen from Jordan Devil in these last couple of years and, you know, Travis Banks uh, himself as well. Um, you know, maybe uh, his injury, obviously, towards the end of this last year took him out of any any kind of consideration for wrestler of the year and maybe some of the, the, the tail end of his heel run in progress hurt him um, for that matter too. But he's still, you know, one of the better wrestlers uh, we have in the country. And yeah, I would expect these two to go in with the working boots on and this will most likely be the, the highest rated match of the night. Uh, I'm very much uh, expecting to give this one uh, higher than four on the uh, the grapple off going forward. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, we haven't been big fans of uh, some of the matchups and some of the storylines going in, but uh, as we've noted a couple of times, I mean, this is a big occasion for these guys live on the WWE Network. So I think they are going to go all out to have a... To have a to have, uh, put on a, a cracking card so I am I am looking forward to it from an in-ring point it's just like you say I hope it isn't mm. uh, mi- mired by sort of shenanigans and maybe uh, you know run-ins and things like that but I don't I think we're going to get a straight wrestling match and I think it's going to be a cracking card because um, I mean obviously it says at 7pm UK time on on Saturday and uh, we're going to be having a special show straight after uh, straight after it finishes on the network where me and Benno are going to review the whole show and that's going to be on the main post feed, so uh, definitely be sure to check that out on Saturday. And uh, and also the day after TakeOver, um, NXT UK are uh, going to be hosting some TV tapings at the at the same venue, but they haven't finished there. They've announced that they'll be holding some more TV tapings at the Brace Rest Mecca that is the Coventry Skydome on the 22nd and 23rd of February. I mean... This venue holds around 3,000. It's been used by an assortment of Brit rest promotions over the years. Uh, originally back in 2001, I mean, the, the ill-fated mess that was Wrestle Express was uh, <laughs> supposed to be held there. Uh, the Wrestling Channel held their event International Showdown in 2005. Both me and Benny were there live. Uh, featuring an awesome AJ Styles against Chris Daniels match. Also had, you know, like, CM Punk, Mojo, and uh, Miss Hour on the card. And then, then there have been a number of uh, failed promotions attempting to run the Skydome. And uh, Benno, I mean, just this venue and Brit Rest, they uh, go hand-in-hand together, don't they? Yeah, it does for me. It kind of ties to... Some of my first memories are going to to live shows. I tried to go to the um, FWA at British Uprising three there, didn't they? Um, I always remember. I probably told the story in this podcast before getting the getting the bus all the way down to Kev- Coventry for that James Ty and uh, AJ Styles main event and getting stuck in traffic and missing the entire show. That was my first experience of trying to go to a Brit Red show, so that didn't work out very well. Uh, but yeah, I was back there for International Showdown, which is one of my you know bad memories as a as a fan of uh, indie wrestling, getting to see Punk and Joe. Um, up close and getting to to see you know, the stars of the wrestling channel, as it were, uh, back then fill up the Coventry Skydome, uh, which is a you know it's a big venue. Um, it's something that yeah I think people have tried to go back to and 
you know, WWE of of at various times got in there the the week before um certain promotions have tried to run it um they can't help themselves sometimes can they um yeah there's definitely a history there i I think yeah it's a it's a venue that that it almost i think alex shane always saw it that way didn't he that's why he put the british uprising show there and why he put international show down there is kind of that's the big venue we should all hope to be able to to fill one day um and it came to pass in some ways um but yeah like i say that it did it worked for international showdown didn't re- work for the follow-up which again wwe managed to coincidentally run uh, run uh, the, the area the, the week before and that that uh, that certainly didn't help it in that case but yeah um it's a venue that i could imagine being in the middle of the country maybe more people should have been using going you know, over the last couple of years. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense that they'd, they'd pick it, but it's going to be as it has been for, for most of the groups who've uh, had money in, in their eyes when they've, when they've booked it. It's going to be a, a tough thing to, to fill uh, as well. So hopefully they, they put something uh, a bit more interesting together than some of the, uh, the pedestrian um, tapings they've done so far for it. I suppose it all depends on how well this takeover goes in ring. You know, if this is a red-hot card with loads of people mm-hmm. buzzing about it, then I can see them doing well, but I can't see them filling the uh, full 3,000 for it. Yeah, it's probably going to be taped off, um, you would expect. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly a venue, like, heaped in history. And yeah, it's just a it's a type of venue that, yeah, you know, if uh, you know, Rev Pro probably could have considered for for their their tours with new japan this last year uh, and the type of thing that maybe a show like that could fill or a, a mid-range show you know maybe not quite a not a mid-range but not a wembley show but maybe a progress could could maybe fill uh, but yeah i think uh, based on uh, how excited it feels people are right now about takeover and how excited people have been about the tv uh, yeah i can't see uh WWE coming coming close to those uh, those international showdown rum- numbers or even the uh, the universal uproar numbers and, uh, I mean, not one to miss out. Uh, Preston C Wrestling's promoter Stephen Flutter is, uh, is his own show in Blackpool entitled Overtake, uh, featuring <laughs> the usual lineup of uh, PCW regulars. That's on the same day as uh, Takeover on Saturday at the Dominion Club in Blackpool. And uh, it's going to be an afternoon show before NXT UK. So any fans around the afternoon, uh, definitely be sure to check that one out. Always fun show, PCW, Benno. Yeah, um, and also if you go to is it itvwrestling.com and it re- redirects you to the PCW site, yeah. they don't miss a trick. Flo- Stephen Flood and PCW don't miss a trick. Uh, yeah, a full live show because like, I, I do enjoy their show. I enjoy the characters that they book. They're not uh, PCW on at the, the level that they wear. I would always say they were kind of the along with icw the, the first promotion to kind of start the the brit res boom with with lots of adult fans football chants and you know hundreds upon hundreds of people uh crammed into a nightclub in preston they're not quite well, at that level first anymore i uh, realized that nightclubs are a good venue for wrestling as well weren't they that's it yeah and run those adults oriented their shows yeah so it's a bit of a shame to see them kind of at the they're not quite as strong as that these days but they do you know they've got the the road to glory shows coming up next year and healthy tom lawler on they maybe don't bring in the big names like they used to and they certainly want for for this afternoon show but what they, they kind of make up for that with with strong characters and strong young wrestlers of their own uh the likes of matt brook jake l sham tell bannam are really good characters on from the I think all are advertised for this perfectly named show. Uh, but you, you could probably you could imagine Overtake being just something that uh, s- something that, that kind of slips in from Johnny Saint when he's trying to say uh, NXT Takeover. Kind of, I bet you he's done that at least once. Uh, perfect branding for them. And yeah, I when I went to the original NXT UK tournament or WWK tournament, they did a similar time show, and that was pretty much filled. It's a very small venue, um, but it, you know they can fill it up with, with a couple of hundred of people um and it definitely made the added to the day experience so yeah i would if anybody's in town tickets are cheap um head out there and uh, make a day of it and uh, i mean it'd be remiss of us not to mention the invasion of brits this past week in japan i mean obviously the big matches on uh wrestle kingdom card of course uh, will osprey against kota rabushi and zack sabre jr regaining the red pro title from tomohiro ishii i mean that also so uh chris roberts officiating that one two fantastic matches i really enjoyed both especially uh sabre jr v ishii 
yeah, me too. Um, I've mainly made up for Chris Roberts, to be honest. That was kind of the thing that seemed to, to pop most people. I believe he got a big reaction when he came back to the cockpit only, was it less than 48 hours yeah. later? Uh, incredible. Uh, yeah, great story that, that he got to, to, to ref a show on a, on a dome show. And yeah, two great matches. I think it said everything that, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure on whether they meant it or not, but lots of people in reviews I read and in talking about the Ishii Zack Sabre match were talking about callbacks to their, you know, their previous rev pro matches and if you just thinking about the fact that they're doing callbacks to, to matches that they've done you know on much much smaller rev pro shows in, in front of a, a dome crowd um i felt like their match was kind of like a a truncated version of of their previous matches um with with i think you could say that yeah there were a lot of the previous matches have been that, uh, you know, Ishii refusing to die and maybe having the better of, of Zack Sabre in some instances, whereas here it was very much a Zack Sabre match with him having the better of Ishii pretty much throughout. Um, yeah, just a fun, like, 13 or so minute version of their usual match with, yeah, with great storytelling and and great use of Zack Sabre Jr. And, yeah, great use of Chris Roberts. Great to see Andy Q there uh, get his, uh, his face on there on the dome card as well. Really enjoyed that. And, yeah, Osprey Ibushi was, was strong too. Maybe not the, the level that we, we all kind of might have hoped for a Wrestle Kingdom match between those two. I think partly that it was the opener, partly that at some point Ibushi got concussed um, hurt it too and partly I think the fact that they were trying to get Osprey over as a killer whether that was a, a shoot or a work remains uh, up in the air I've certainly got my conspiracy theories about it um, I don't think you can get someone up for Osprey's finish without a, a lot of help being honest uh, so I'm not 100% that Ibushi was totally out of it at that point but I enjoyed that that they played the, the work and shoot element of it um, and they certainly got whether it was intended or not they got Osprey over strong so yeah it, it kind of says everything that they're coming out of Wrestle Kingdom but people were talking about uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and his big win and, and Osprey and, and his big win uh, now being a heavyweight well yeah I mean the anticipation for that Osprey v Ibushi match they could never quite live up to that I don't mm. think I think uh, they'll it was a, a fantastic match but I think those two will have uh, better matches uh, to come for sure and uh I mean, you mentioned there, Zack Sabre Jr. was back as a Red Pro champ uh, straight after New Year's Dash. He flew straight back to the UK and into a match with Pac for Red Pro. And uh, sadly, he hasn't dropped on demand yet. Uh, live reports suggesting that it was a great match with a really, really dodgy DQ ending. And uh, so we'll definitely be reviewing that on our next show. And uh, and also in Japan, at the uh, famous Karakan Hall, where Fight Club Pro in conjunction with Sendai Girls on the 7th of January, I mean... Again, this one hasn't dropped on demand yet, but featured the return of the Death House. Death House 3 is a Jimmy Havoc faced off against Drew Parker, Masai Takeda, I want to say. Sorry if I butchered his name. And uh, Ricky Shane Page and uh, also DDT announced that they'd be uh, talent sharing with Fight Club Pro um, at future events. I mean, Benno, are you excited to see more DDT guys over in the UK next year? I suppose we're uh, really missing Ollie for this, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'll tell you who will be excited, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't follow DDT really, but it's... Uh... I think if you can offer something different, I think that that's, that's got to be a good thing uh, for Fight Club Pro uh, to be able to kind of have these relationships. I think the, the Miko relationship has kind of led to this. It led to this show happening um, and it's good for them. It gives them a bit of exposure. It gives them a bit of a different calling card as well. Um, yeah, I'm sure, you know, if they going forward if they can announce uh, big matches uh, in Wolverhampton and, and bring over people that you can't see elsewhere then it's got to help um, I think they're in a, a weird position right now in that you know that obviously these it's kind of weird watching the results come in these Tokyo shows and, and getting to see that the photos of it and it's a Fight Club Pro show and there's no British Strong Style there's no Travis Banks whose status is a little bit up in the air with them um, nothing has been said about him not partic- not coming back to, to Fight Club Pro but yeah obviously along with the other guys he couldn't travel out it being the, the week before takeover uh, I think we're going to see a very different looking Fight Club Pro um, in 2019 and I think yeah these if, if you've got to reset things and do things a little bit differently, then yeah, you know, a relationship with a DDT and a, a relationship with, with other promotions in Japan has certainly got to, to give them something different and give them, you know, a reason other than the, the big night out for, for people to, to travel down to, to fight club pro shows. Cause it did feel like this past year that, you know, the, the big 
reasons that people have gone to to progress to sorry the big reason people have been talking about fight club pro shows have been you know the fact that they've had you know uh, miko on their shows the fact that they've you know they've been able to bring seema back the fact that they've been able to have you know different people on their cards that, that you can't see absolutely everywhere else so yeah anything that allows them to do that is a is definitely a good thing and uh last sort of bit of japanese news obviously new japan announced that they're going to be running the uh copper box arena in london at the end of august obviously this venue was uh tailor built for the olympics uh, i think they use it for handball and basketball and then it's been used for a variety of things since then uh holds around seven and a half thousand uh obviously it's uh only a few years old so i imagine it's perfect venue for uh recording tv and things like that and you know with the lighting and the design of it and everything but mm. um Certainly an interesting venue for uh, for New Japan to be running here, Benno. Yeah, definitely a venue I wasn't really aware of, and I saw people who you know, live down live near it not being really being aware that it was that it was there. Um, certainly, New Japan have got lofty goals going into this year. You know, the the fact that they're doing that, the fact that they're doing two nights at the Tokyo Dome, the fact that they're doing the first uh, night or so of G One in the US, they're obviously looking to continue to expand, and the UK seems the obvious point. Um, we kind of had a, a mini version of that uh, this year with the Strong Style Evolve shows that were, you know, as much for me Rev Pro shows as they were in New Japan shows. Let's not get into that controversy again. Um, hopefully the people who were burnt by that a little bit, or at least felt like they were a little bit burnt by that, uh, do come out. And I think they will. I think as soon as if New Japan announce a, a strong New Japan proper card uh, for this, I think people are going to be coming out the woodwork. Um, again, I can't see them selling the thing out but i could see them doing stronger numbers than they did for was the manchester show 3000 or so is that the number yeah i could see it being stronger than that if it's a full-on new japan card with hopefully you know a couple of uh the the rev pro uh, guys uh, sprinkled in just to 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 maybe further that relationship and and give uh, some of those guys a a bit of a sh- bit of shine as well um but yeah if they do it properly this time with a proper ring apron and a proper proper announcer um pop it on new japan world um i could see there being quite a bit of buzz for this one and yeah i think uh again if it's going to be a a big moment um and it's for me it's it's almost a case of yeah i wonder what took them so long and um, because for the last couple of years now i think the the market's been ripe for that there's a lot a lot of uh, new japan fans in this country as uh as rev pro have shown uh so yeah it'll be uh interesting to see uh, how many uh come out in numbers for that can you see them sort of headlining it with a title match maybe yeah, I could see it being maybe not, you know, something that they, they don't want to, they probably won't want to waste something that will, you know, do big numbers back at home. Um, but I could see there being, I, I think Jay White's probably going to be the champion by then. That's just my uh, personal theory. I don't think Tanahashi is still going to be champion. Uh, I could see there being some form of a defense there and that would be, that would be a hell of a hook. Um, there's definitely other things you could do as well. If they give us something that's, uh, you know, an ongoing feud in new Japan and, you know, something that's, uh, that's a bit more, more canon. Um, I think, uh, yeah, if they treat it with the, with kind of how they've treated the, the U S relationship and treated the U S shows, maybe we should keep our, maybe not go too lofty with our expectations, but I do think with the, the amount of seats that they've got the potential to fill there, I still think they'll, they'll come in strong, even if we're, we're probably not going to get a, a card of Tanahashi. Well, yeah, because Tanahashi has not been to the UK for a while, hasn't he? He wasn't, uh, he was absent on those shows last summer. So yeah, um, not been, not been over for Red Pro for a while now, has he? he's a name yeah you could do something with him maybe in the ic title level or if he is still the champion do a defense with him um yeah perfect time and that would be to to bring him um and do something there and give something different and yeah, if the if the all elite relationship is back together by then you could have some of those guys on the card too um yeah i think it, i think they'll, they'll go away to to separate it from the rev pro type shows but i would expect there to be still be some rev pro involvement but i would expect more of a, a proper new japan experience than we got this last year as as good as those shows were and uh, just before we head out of here, obviously the news dropped that Mark Haskins has signed with Ring of Honor. Uh, he's appeared for them on a few UK tours in the past, but this will be his first time as a full member of the roster, and he uh, makes his debut this weekend against Bandido at the ROH TV tapings on Saturday. So great news for Haskins there, Benno. Yeah, definitely. He's someone who's, you know, I've been hard on in previous reviews. I'm, I've, I've just seen enough of Mark Haskins being personally 
just from a personal point of view, I think he's a, he's an actor that is a little bit stale in the promotions that he works. Uh, whereas Ring of Honor, it's a new audience. Uh, I would never doubt him in ring. He, he can have a very, very strong matches as he has pro- proven like that Walter match that he had earlier this year in progress. Um, so I think he'll offer something for them. Offer, again, as everyone seems to be trying to do, a, a more even more of an in into the British scene. And maybe they can have an, another British star in the hands there. But yeah, m- more than anything, uh, happy for, for the man himself. Seems like a good bloke. But I think more than anything, happy that he's doing something a bit different that will maybe freshen him up a bit and maybe make it a bit more special uh, when you do see him on, on British cards in, in 2019. But I do think the, the fans who've not seen him before will be will be in for a treat. Pure speculation, obviously. But why do you feel that um, either he's turned it down or they've not offered him an NXT UK contract before now? It's difficult, isn't it? Because there was the rumours when it... Maybe? Yeah, maybe. I know when the, the, the very first announced the roster, got two years ago now, the, he was pa- supposed to be part of it, wasn't it? And there's rumour that the... Obviously, the injury issues that he had that led to him dropping the progress belt uh, had a hand in that too. Probably a timing thing based on that. Uh, maybe they've just not gone back in for him or I suppose money could be, could be an issue too. Um, but, you know, uh, this year, the fact that... There's so many big players around. Uh, I bet your Ring of Honor are offering good money to someone like him. Um, so it probably is a <laughs> mad to say, but probably a better money deal than than you probably get on an NXT UK developmental contract. Again, wild speculation, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if if that was the case. Um, and yeah, maybe it's a combination of those things: money, timing, and it, it just never really really worked out for him. But yeah, let's uh, let's hope it works out better than his uh, his impact run did. Well, I can certainly see him having a fantastic match against Bandido, so a good way to uh, start off your uh, your career with Ring of Honor. And, um, I mean, if you want to leave us feedback on the show, head to forum.postwrestling.com and uh, and leave us any feedback. And then, obviously, we'll have a thread up there on Saturday for any feedback for the TakeOver show. And uh, thanks for listening. Um, we're going to be back on Saturday, as I noted earlier, straight after uh, TakeOver UK with a special review show on the main post wrestling feed. So uh, be sure to check that out and uh, we'll catch you on Saturday.